welcome to the 10k collective my friends now look if you're listening for hacks and short-term tactics i'm afraid you are in the wrong place let me tell you about the 10k collective mastermind first of all its members meet in person they know each other well they all make over half a million dollars a year several make several million a year many have doubled their revenue over the last 18 months if you're that kind of person then this podcast is made for you Today's episode is sponsored by the new e-commerce podcast, The E-Commerce Leader. The podcast is hosted by yours truly and Jason Miles, multi-million dollar Shopify owner and Unimi's highest rated e-commerce instructor. If you're the owner of a thriving online business and you want to become the best e-commerce leader you can be, it's got your name on it. For free guides and mini courses on many topics, go to www.theecommerceleader.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the 10K Collective Podcast, the place to be for six, seven, eight-figure Amazon sellers, a subset of the amazing FBA podcast. When I say for Amazon sellers today, we're going to think a little bit broader than that. We're talking to John Cavendish from, well, we were from Seller Candy, still is from Seller Candy, but this episode, we're going to talk about something different that John's been cooking up, and it's just slightly different. So, John, first of all, welcome back to the show. Good to have you here. Thanks for having me. And just for anyone else who's actually watching, the reason that we're in the same t-shirt is we finished five minutes ago on the uh, Seller Candy recording. Excellent. And thanks so, for having me back. Yeah, my pleasure. So Seller <laughs> Candy uh, is your sort of mini agency, I suppose, that works with, well, tell, tell me what the difference is between all your different businesses that you're involved because I'm, I'm slightly confused. So we better clarify it for the listeners and watchers as well. So Seller Candy is a partnership between uh, me and my friend, Brian Patterson, who used to run a Amazon lead generation business. So he sold his business a little while ago, and we were looking at something to work on together. And this is an idea I've been throwing around for the last six months with Seller Candy. So now we're not pitching it. I'll tell you a bit about the backstory of it. And I just didn't have the bandwidth to work on this idea. I thought it was an awesome idea because you know everyone needs it. All of our clients for our big agency, Ecom DNA, needed it at the time because it was basically a way of getting all the small stuff off your plate. So you wouldn't work 500 bucks a month. So why would you do all these little tasks, which you can pay someone else 500 bucks a month for? Brian manages that. I do the marketing and I, you know, I work on marketing and webinars and podcast appearances for it. And at the time, I was working on Ecom DNA, which was my full service Amazon marketing agency. You know, we charge three and a half to eight thousand dollars a month to professionally operate Amazon accounts for big, bigger businesses. While running this business, I realized that although I'm good at Amazon operations, I didn't want to be the ops guy for this business. I enjoyed connecting with people. I enjoyed selling. And we became very good. We started closing 100K a month's worth of business for this agency. But I didn't like the delivery part. And I didn't have a delivery partner on this business. What I decided was I was going to move, move out of this, still have an agency, but move to having an agency where we support other businesses with their sales systems. And we get them the same kind of results that, that we got in Ecom DNA. So taking it from month to month, making a small sale, getting a little bit of work, and then reselling them the next month on some more work into selling a strategy. So we're going to come in, we're going to work with you, we're your partner. It's a 12-month contract. It's a real money. And it gives you as an agency owner way more confidence of where the income is coming from. So it's not like you don't have to worry every month anymore. You're signing somebody up, it's 12 months. It's a, it's a good chunk of change. You're going to deliver a really good result because you've put the plan into place and they know you're there for the long haul. So that's what we do is we help agency owners, not just Amazon agency owners. We've actually been working with many different agencies, email marketing, Shopify, anything really, to sort their sales system out and you know, make, make it so that 
they can make more money and have less stress really because selling month to month is super stressful that, that's absolutely true. I mean, having had a, a bit of a flavor of some of this stuff, I mean, I don't really run an agency in any kind of state or scale, but even just selling mentoring or masterminds, again, if you can get people to sign up for something and commit up front, it's, it's a lot less stressful. I mean, one of the stressful things, um, we can talk about this, but if you have certain client segments, they have a tendency to sort of flake off very swiftly, whereas others stick around for ages. And I guess it's a question of getting the right price point and the value to them and all that stuff. But so just, just to clarify for myself and to make sure everyone listening is clear about this, is you've actually got three businesses you're involved in. Seller Candy, which we just talked about, which does the sort of for 500 bucks a month takes a lot of the annoying little itty bitty tasks off people's hands the ecom dna agency which just operates the entire amazon accounts on behalf of people and then from that learning you've created your new business which is to help people create a similar business right is that a fair summary it's a fair summary uh, actually what i've done with ecom dna is i partnered with another agency so i partnered with an agency who okay. has far better operations than me okay and they are delivering the operations now for ecom dna so it's right. become more of a sales system on right. what that has done and to become because we you know we can sell and also i obviously have my fba business so right. my, old, my old fba business has been running for the last five years we do you know around seven figures in revenue and uh it's kind of an autopilot that nice wow you really are a busy man but yet you've got time to appear on the podcast which is always a good uh sign that somebody's doing it well so a fair business on autopilot amazing so you're obviously um very good at creating partnerships and setting stuff up on autopilot so uh, the the questions i've got here from our our chat before the show was uh what have you learned and what is the secret to running an agency i'm like that's kind of a dumb question that's definitely comes from me but let me ask the dumb question because it's fun what is the secret to running an agency the secret that you'll reveal in in our five-part webinar series i'm joking by the way <laughs> i'm joking but what is the secret to running an agency that was a great question and we talked about that before and i just said sales right like sales sales is the secret for running an agency it's it's not sexy and when you go into an agency especially as an operator you think it's amazing operations and obviously amazing operations give you longevity but an agency is a sales system like we're a sales-driven organization, and we have to be. That uh, makes sense in a way, but I mean, it's quite kind of alarmingly direct. <laughs> I like it. So the fact that... So tell me a bit more about this. Oh, that's me, actually, though. I'm alarmingly direct, which is the problem sometimes. <laughs> no, that's great. I mean, I think it, it, alarmingly direct is good, but it, what's the secret sales? Okay, done then. Well, let's go home and, and all, you know, count our millions. So, <laughs> okay, what's the secret to sales then? That's the obvious next question. So, I mean, the secret to sales is that there isn't a secret to sales. It's a numbers game and being a numbers game. So the secret is prospecting. So making sure that we're continuously meeting new people in order to offer our service to these people. There's many books on prospecting, but at the end of the day, it's just whatever you're doing for marketing. So for you, the podcast, you know, continuously making offers to these people so that they are connecting, becoming as the funnel and working their way into the funnel to the center which is buying the service from you over a certain amount of time okay that makes sense so then that implies having a funnel so how do we construct or otherwise you know make a funnel funnel probably isn't the right word i'm going to say sales process i mean okay. the funnel can be if it's marketing but we're just saying you know once they come from your marketing whether that's direct outreach to somebody on linkedin whether that's somebody you met at an event whether somebody came into contact with your podcast as soon as you get a meeting with that person then they're in the sales system. And the sales system that we use is a triage-based sales system. It's a triage, three parts. 
part one is getting them is at a meeting just to set an appointment. So that could be a message, that could be a text message, that could be a phone call, just getting them into an appointment. So, you know, getting them to set up a meeting. Okay, we've got a meeting booked, 30 minutes next Tuesday, make sure they show up. So making sure they show up, getting reminders, getting them indoctrinated so that you're the person to talk to. So if they're coming from your podcast, they're probably already indoctrinated. You know, they know that you're really good at what you do. But if they're coming from a cold lead, then they don't have a clue who you are. So you want to make sure that they at least know a little bit about you before they arrive. Then on that first call with them, the second part of the triage, it's all about them. So part of this system is making sure that you know, you know what, what their situation is and you know their business just as well as they do. And you know their problem just as well as they do. And you actually dive deep into the problem because it's actually quite therapeutic, isn't it? It's like a coaching process. Part two is you're really talking to them and you're figuring out what's the biggest thing that's holding them back. And as well as it being mental, because for all of us, it's something mental. There'll be something in their business, which is the biggest lever that can be pulled straight away to, you know, to help them make more money. So that's number two. Once you finally got to the bottom of that and you've been through your script, because obviously everything here should be script because it's a system. And if you ever want to hire anyone to operate the system for you, it needs to be scripted. And especially you and me, because we're, we are, it's our system. We think we can deviate from the script. Deviating from the script, not a good idea. 100%. I, I've just got to say on that, I had an inbound uh, call the other day from a prospective client. And because it was inbound call, I wasn't in my usual sort of script. Normally, people um, apply for the system. They write in an application form. So as I said, I've diagnosed some of the problems they've got and asked them aims, blocks, and, and current situation, ABCs, as I call it. So you can turn it into some cheesy system. Mm. And, I, and I follow my template. And this inbound call, I didn't follow my template. And I was on the call for about 35 minutes. And I put the phone down. I thought... That felt like that person's going to go, thanks very much, and go and work with somebody else. Because I kind of, mm. it just felt like the, the, the flow of the call was all wrong. And it's because I hadn't followed my own system. So I just wanted to say how true that is. As entrepreneurs, we like to create stuff. And that we're the last people who should be allowed on a call without a script, ironically, even though I wrote the script, right? How weird is that? So I just want to second uh, 100%. That. Weird, but true. Yes. Thanks, <laughs> Michael. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. So. In interrupted you completely. So we're, we're on the second. So we've done our the, the triage system. Love it, by the way. The outreach, appointment setting, the discovery, where you should not be allowed to deviate from the script. And then what's the third part of the, <laughs> <laughs> the triage system? Once you get to the end of the discovery, you, you get an agreement from them. Okay, is this everything? My favorite question to add at the end of the discovery call is always, is there anything else that I should be asking you? the best question, like always, because at the end of that, there's no chance of them going, oh, they're not going to be able to sell to me. You know, they're not going to buy this because they didn't ask that. There's no excuse. So is there anything I should, I should be asking you? Okay, perfect. Nothing. That Only after that point, you tell them what, what services you have. So uh, then they'll be asking, oh, right. So we've been through 20 minutes of my problems. What services you offer? We usually summarize very quickly. We do everything basically line by line. It takes about two minutes. Are you interested in us putting together a plan for you know you to get from this result to that result? Because the results you've been through the discovery call, they go of course because they know you now, and also they've got their problem. And then you just need to get them into a presentation. So presentation, as with the discovery call, should be a pitch, not a proposal. I mean, you can do proposals if you want, but promoting a proposal is you sit at home twiddling your thumbs, unsure if they're ever going to come back. And it's kind of a very stressful and 
not very productive use of time, I, I see it as. And once you're on a pitch a few times, your pitch is going to be 85% the same for every single person because you know what you're doing. And Amazon, as we talked about with Seller Candy, is 85% the same for every single person. Different strategies and different pain points. And it's important that, that in the presentation, you go through those, those strategies and those pain points and they understand that this is their strategy. But you take them to the pitch. You know, pitches kind of split into three parts. First part, defining the problem, getting them to agree that this is the problem. Second part, telling them about how you solve, how you think you can solve the problem, how you're gonna solve, sorry, how you're gonna solve the problem. And then part three is telling them how much it's going to cost. And at each one of those stages, you're kind of getting the okay from them, making sure that they're fully on board, that they understand what's happening, and that they don't have any questions. And at the end, you ask them if they want to move forward. And that's a very, very simplified version of the pitch. I was going to say, you make it sound so straightforward, but I mean, I guess in a sense, maybe it is. I mean, uh, wow, I'm taking massively detailed notes here. I'm wondering whether we should just, rather than that blog post might be like infinitely long if we put all that stuff, I might just put some, offer it as a little sort of checklist of things. So what am I thinking here? Okay, what are my sort of objections from, not to your system, but like, how would I mess this up is my question to myself. Because it makes a lot lot of sense and like you're living proof that it can be done. You're running like five different businesses. (laughs) At the same time, on autopilot, um, someone more on autopilot than others. Yeah, some are definitely more on autopilot than others. So I would not over put, put that I'm not working 12 hours a day at the moment. I want to simplify this a bit, but I enjoy it. So it's just good. Okay, so the first thing, let's dig a little bit more into the outreach side then. I mm-hmm. mean, you're saying, okay, just reach out to people, podcasts, LinkedIn, and meeting at event and stuff. It, presumably, since you believe in making it more systematic, you got a more systematic approach to, to how you find people. So how do we find people that way? What what are your systems for finding people, for example, on LinkedIn or mm. podcasts? Oh, well, LinkedIn's great. LinkedIn worked really well for us in the past. So it depends, really. All right, this depends on your budget and what you want to do. If you have some budget, I would use a LinkedIn agency, a good one. My wife, she used to work for, I'm going to plug somebody now for free, uh, Lead Cookie. Uh, they were a good agency. I would use them if I didn't have a wife who used to work for them, who who can basically do LinkedIn outreach or could do until now right. she's, she doesn't want to do it anymore. So I'm, getting, so I'm hiring somebody to do it in-house, but right. LinkedIn is great. Cold email does work. It all depends on your targeting and who your customer is. For example, Amazon agencies, who is your ideal customer? Are you looking for big Amazon sellers? And is that is your pitch going to be some special service you can offer to these big Amazon sellers, you know, like PPC? Are you looking for newbies and it's a setup project? Are you looking for funded companies? All these people will be in different places. So really it's figuring out, okay, who is actually my customer? Who's my ideal customer? What stage of the business they are? How much money they want to spend? And then kind of brainstorming a list of where they'll be and then picking the best way to get there. I mean, one of the things which I really wanted to do work and didn't work for this business, but will work for another business is uh, cold calling. Because you can hire amazing, high quality people to do cold calling, especially in the US. Like US-based people, so much experience, you know, 10 plus years experience in the industry, cold calling, because that's something they can do in their spare time. You can hire these people commission only. And this, if you can make it work, is an unbelievable source of income. Because you can scale it, you can just hire more and more people. If you can get the, you can get the prospect list right, then it's this is where you can scale extremely quickly. And I'm talking like ten clients a month quickly if you can figure out how to fulfill that stuff. And that's what wow. I was super excited about. But for our my prospects, we couldn't find a we couldn't get a prospect list that worked. 
for that. But it's always about testing, finding, testing, 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 find one that works and then double down on that one until you think you've got as much out of it as you can, then moving to the next one. So I know I'm not being particularly clear on this, but it really depends on who your ideal customer is and where they are, where they're at. I mean, I, I guess it's one of the issues you have. It strikes me as you're going to run an agency for agencies and there could be any kind of digital agency that serves clients. I mean, I suppose in a way you've got less of a cookie cutter mm-hmm. solution to offer. And I guess it has to be more of a consultancy type thing, which means, John, your 12 hour days will continue for a while. But uh-huh. Well, that's a bit different, actually. So what we're doing with um, mass conversion marketing is actually a stepping stone. So this is a limited offer, okay. actually going to be a limited offer for you know, as long as I want to do it, really, and as long as it's fun, because it's fun at the moment. I get to see the other people's agencies mm-hmm. and how they, how they work and these amazing results they get for people. It's crazy. It's really good. But I don't necessarily want to do this forever. And what we're building is we're building a sales automation system. So we want to work with businesses who already have leads, and we build complete automation systems for them on the back end. So we we have our own piece of software, and what that is is it sets up. You can do it's like a CRM for leads, so client management system. But through each stage, it adds all full mm-hmm. automation, and that's fully automated text messaging, voice calling, Facebook messaging, and email. So it, you can nurture like so basically you can nurture a thousand leads at the same time with personal contact, and you know that's what we're building in the back end, and that's what I've got my sales guy kind of working on at the moment. But at the time, at the same time, I'm super interested and I've had this amazing skill set and I enjoy working with different entrepreneurs, helping them scale. And where we fit really well is with people that have already got some traction. If somebody's already doing 20K a month to 50K a month for their agency, they're doing well. But we find I find these people are super stressed a lot of the time because they're still selling month to month or they're not sure on how they're converting people. They just kind of tell them how smart they are. They come in maybe warm, so they're easy to convert, but they'd have no way of converting cold leads and getting new business. And that's the thing, right. sorry to interrupt, I was going to say the experience that I've had, and uh, this is at a kind of very tiny level compared to a lot of the people you'd be working with, but still it's that people who really, if you like, indoctrinated have been on your email list for ages mm-hmm. and, and have been on listening to podcasts since day one. I know some people will literally listen to hundreds of episodes of a podcast if you'll give it to them which i have and and i will say to those kind of get in touch i'm like that's very sweet but that i wouldn't do that that's too much <laughs> but those guys are easy to convert but it's having a, a situation where you can actually as you said get cold traffic warm them up and and have a sequence that's when you can actually really scale right because that's the majority of the planet obviously so if you can find the qualified people who may need your service but haven't heard of you yet don't know anything about you or have heard of you but don't know much then that's the secret to scaling um by the way i just want to say i'm kind of amused and and amazed to hear the word cold calling in 2020 when everyone's been so down on it for decades perry marshall's books all railing against it so tell me a bit more about how and why that actually works in 2020 and bearing in mind that people will be shouting gdpr Mm -hmm. and now i know that is necessarily a thing in this market right but tell me tell me about that so we're concentrating on the us but I think cold calling in, in Europe is still okay business to business. So, I mean, it depends on who, you know, yes. whose ethos you follow. So, I've been reading a lot of sales books, obviously, recently. One I'm currently listening to, actually listening to, because I go to the gym, I listen to books. Um, it's called mm. New Sales Simplified. And it's all about right. so two ethos. It's a bit like politics in the US at the moment. Everyone's saying one thing, everyone's saying the complete opposite. Basically, he's saying cold calling is the secret to new, you know, not a secret, is 
the still the way of connecting with people. People want to talk to people and you want to connect with people. People are numb to the amount of email they get. They're numb to other things. I mean, maybe Twitter is a great way to reach out at the moment, Instagram. But otherwise, how are you going to get your service, which helps this person in front of them, if you're not, if you can't pick up the phone and call them? I'm not saying that I'm a great cold calling person. I've only ever done a few cold calls in my life, but I want no, I want to use this tool because I've seen some people at the moment getting amazing results through cold calling, especially if it's a service, not our service, Amazon Consultancy, but if it's a service that lends itself to brick and mortar businesses or to a business which has 3,000 to 5,000 of this type of business that you can get the number for in the US. I mean, you're pretty much guaranteed to succeed if you have an offer that they're going to want to buy because you know you can just continuously outreach to these people. And even the guy who pushes no calling, uh, what's it, Loud Rumor, the guy that runs Loud Rumor, he's got a really good uh, video podcast. I can't remember his name now. Mark, I'm going to get his name. Mark, it's not Mark Levin, Mark something. He says, you know, he's all about this, you know, create using video podcasts to drum up business. In his talk, he says, oh, at the start, we were doing 290 cold calls a day. And I was like, well, great. I mean, it's great that you can use video to build your business. But, you know, even he says he was doing hundreds of cold calls a day. And the only reason they're doing hundreds of cold calls is they were so bad at it. Because you, it's very hard to make 290 dials and have a conversation um, with somebody. So I... yeah. And like, and it's kind of our, all right, this is kind of my, you know, my ethos, my woo-woo ethos about things in life <laughs> is you have, for me, I have to push myself further than I'm comfortable with in different situations, or I think everyone does, in order to know where our limits are. So maybe that's sending too much cold email to somebody and getting called a spammer. Maybe that's getting an offensive response on doing something. Or maybe that's like putting like a heart and soul into a sales call and being like, we will deliver this thing for you. And this is how it's going to work. You know, just push ourselves as hard as, you know, as far as humanly possible to know where we're comfortable. And I've actually grown a lot in the last year through doing that. I mean, I've known what I'm comfortable with, what I'm not comfortable with, what I will try again, what I won't do again. As long as I maintain my integrity, then I think I'm, I'm pretty happy. To do that interesting there's a lot that goes into this stuff and in the end these sort of i suppose business ethics is not a a fun or much talked about sort of side of things mm. but i think there is a part of us that has a view on it and then has even more of a view let's be honest a lot of people are worried not about their own ethics but what other people will say to them in other words getting called a scammer or a spammer yeah it's not ethics is it it's worried about being judged it's worried of judgment it's not ethics. Exactly. And you need to differentiate between that, that, that. I mean, I find that sort of very educated people in, and this isn't necessarily a compliment, and that would include myself as well, uh, that also have been in the corporate world or education for too long, actually will call something a moral issue when it is actually just fear and they're not honest about it. Some of the people that I know that are more real entrepreneurs um, are more honest about the fact they don't want to get called a scammer. And then other people are just go completely mad and just chuck any kind of ethical considerations out the window and get called a scammer because they are. And, and there's that middle ground, which I guess is where you're trying to inhabit, where you're willing to push the envelope and get told you're horrible if you go too far. And obviously that is going too far, but you're willing to do that because you know in your heart of hearts what you're offering is a great solution for the client, which is different. I mean, I know somebody mm. sells some some very dodgy stuff online that they, I think if they get called a scammer, they deserve it. There's only one or two people. I don't know many people like that. But some people, yeah, they, they have a great offer and they could genuinely help people, but they're just held up by fear. It's that it comes down to their old cliche, right? And it sounds like you're willing to put yourself 
into a position where you do something you're very uncomfortable well, with, which is a great way to grow. I, I can't argue with that. And I've definitely done things which I'm, you know, like I'm not feeling awkward and weird at least once a week <laughs> then something i'm not growing is the way i see it i'm not feeling like ah, oh, i feel bad about the email i got an email this week just to, uh, that said you are a terrible marketer uh, was like the title of the email <laughs> and i got another email another response to this the same sequence like let's have a chat really Funny. so things come and go and the, i think the people will who are supposed to be there will be there but I do believe in, in I, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not scared before getting on a sales. Everyone gets to like the butterflies for a sales mm. call. And I've done some awful sales calls and I've made all mistakes in the book. And through coaching other people, I see their mistakes now. And I've watched some sales calls. And I'm like, no, I can see you. After you've done it a few times, you can see where the problem was, where the prospect fell yeah. off. And it's great to be able to share that. Absolutely. By the way, I love the fact that it's very British advice. You've got to feel awkward at least once a week. I mean, if you're, most British people, you're going to feel awkward once a day, <laughs> traditionally. So I, I love that. That's a very British way of putting it. Americans would say really? something like, you got to push yourself Shame. to the limit. Shameful. you got to go 150%. Like, you've got to feel awkward at least once a week. You're doing the right thing. I, I think that's brilliant. I think it's absolutely the truth. You've got to have a difficult conversation. And basically, another way that a business coach used to have put it, which is really also British, very British, used to say look if you are worried about a conversation you probably need to have it to pick the phone up that is the one you need to have that awkward conversation with somebody where if it works out actually the reason it's awkward is because you're worried about it and the reason you're worried is because there's good upside potential so in other words if you get this client it could be worth a lot of money then okay that's the call you're normally going to make right and that's that's always the awkward one in my experience well, that's totally true so enough of my bad experiences <laughs> we've talked about the i'm just coming back to your really lovely triage system which is nice and clear which i'm now muddying by talking about bits of it so we've got the outreach side we've talked a bit about that the discovery figuring out the pain points i think you've given us a lot about that one and tell me a bit about the the pitch side i suppose that's probably the bit that people worry the most about how do you do that is it just literally delivered on a phone call is it a, a zoom call do you do like a mass webinar for everyone how how would you do that so the pitch is always a zoom call ideally with video but definitely with screen share Ideally, video, definitely screen share. So people always do worry about the pitch. But as I, we've been talking to one of my you know, coaching clients this week, and he think, I think we finally got it, is the pitch is... It's basically, buying is an emotional decision. And the pitch is giving the person the evidence to validate the decision they've already made if they're going to buy from you. And they make that decision on the discovery call. And the discovery call is where the pitch is made or, are made or broken. Because at the start of the pitch, you go through, uh, these are the goals we talked about on the previous call. Do you agree with these goals? And if, they, the, if they're not this person's goals, they're not going to own the solution you're going to pre present to them, and they're never going to close. So everything is like building blocks on top of the last one. And at any point during these building blocks, they say, this isn't for us, or there, you might as well just pull the pitch because they're not going to convert. And if you, you know, if they don't believe this is the solution for them, they're not going to buy it, especially when they see at the end that it's sixty thousand dollars. And you know, because you haven't, you haven't done a good enough job in the discovery call figuring out what their real pain is, how much it's worth to them, what their budget is, whether they have budget for this, uh, who the decision makers are on the call, when their time frame is for they have to make this decision, who they're talking to. Like, there's all these questions that need to be answered on the pitch. Sorry, on the discovery call, which lead to the pitch. And then the pitch is all about taking them through stage by stage through this. So defining the problem, they agree it's the problem, going through the solution, 
asking them if they can see how this solution fixes the problem, like, you know, solves the problem, if that's all good. Next step is basically, do you want to see if we can, how we can work together? Yes. Okay. How do you want to work together? Option one or option two, which is the best option for you? And, you know, it sounds, I'd say it sounds simple. It sounds simple like that. doesn't mean that people don't, you know, don't fall off. doesn't mean that chain, you know, internal decisions at the company don't matter. Don't, it doesn't mean that I don't mess this up and there's another decision maker at different times or I haven't finished, you know, I didn't fully understand or this person can't sign off on this decision, even though they said they could in the past. Like I'd say, you know, I still say one in three is a good close rate for, for pitching. But at the end of it, they should be excited and ready to go. And that's the idea that you know, as long as you've gone through every single part, you built the building blocks one on top of another, then there's no reason that they should say no. Interesting. So what's interesting to me is I had um, a job for about five months in my late 20s because I'd read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, which I have mixed feelings about. I think there's some great wisdom mixed up with a lot of BS and some poor writing, to be frank. I'd say so. But Robert speaks very well of me. So anyway, but one of the things it did say that I thought was important is you need to get a sales job because sales is a core business capability so i got myself a job selling uh double glazing which is like a classic job and and a lot of the cliches and the horror stories about it are actually true i have to say do not let anyone to your house who says i don't know if it still works this way it's about 15 years ago now maybe more but one of the things that it really 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 taught me is to go through a structured pitch and then to go through afterwards and deconstruct where i went wrong because what you just said ties in so strongly with my experience in that very difficult um, job which by the way gave i've never been afraid of a sales call since which has been very useful and i think the theory is part of it as we've discussed but there is a structure to these things and, and they just made you sit down in the car afterwards and go through a little checklist and say where did i kind of not they used to say close them on things or where did they sort of fall out of the 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 system because as you say if they don't sort of go and tick each box all the way through if they fall out the system at some point then it's game over there's no point in worrying about it so it's very interesting to hear that that's still the case also one in three again was seen as a pretty good closing ratio in uh, face-to-face sales and that's pretty industry standard for decades it's interesting how stable that is even though you're selling something completely different i think one in ten on the phone and one in three in person has been an industry standard for sales for years the one thing i wanted to really flag up which i think you just said that is incredibly important and i think this is my big takeaway they actually make the decision to buy on the discovery call in other words when you think you're selling to them they've already bought mentally you're just kind of shoring up the sale right from what you're saying i think that's genius insight because i think that's true and i've never heard anyone articulate it that way so that could be you know the, the core of your book i, I, I think I, no, I, i'm pretty sure i stole that i'm pretty sure that yeah. statement i mean not that it was bought on the sale on the discovery call but that Mm. That it's all an emotional decision that they're taking, that they're using your pitch to make a logical decision against. It's John Belfort, Straight Line System, The Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, okay. Uh, John Belfort. Yes, he, I remember. He's got some yeah. amazing videos on YouTube you should watch about the Straight Line System call, a uh, Straight Line System talk. Yeah. I think it's, there's about an hour and a half video, but there's the last 20 minutes or so he's explaining his system. And he's talking about yeah. his whole, I believe, Straight Line is helping them to make the logical decision based on the emotional decision they've already made. And he's a master manipulator yeah. and I'm yeah. not going to say sales is manipulation, but sales coaching, they're all types of helping people to make the smart choice and the choice that they should be making. Like, you know, that this product is going to make their life better, actually will. And 
if you believe that your product really is going to make their life better, make them more money, make them whatever it is, then it's our responsibility to help them to buy it. And it has to, we have to have that yeah. attitude. If we don't have that attitude, you can't sell anything. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that this is in circles back around to that sort of ethics mm-hmm. as a as a polite version of fear. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of the time people do feel bad about themselves for basically doing what is manipulation. Let's call it what it is. But the the key is not the ability to sell it's what you're selling i think is where the ethical question comes because obviously jordan belfort was was jailed quite rightly for massive securities fraud and that is the bit that's the problem it's not the fact that he could sell well was a fantastic thing it was just put to a bad use and actually being able to persuade people is kind of a little bit of a frightening skill in that it is so powerful but every single business that succeeds ever has that built into its system otherwise it wouldn't exist and so therefore i would say I think it's so critical that anyone's listening who's kind of objecting to this or, or mentally having a problem with the idea of being good at persuading people is don't worry about the ability to persuade. Worry about what it is you're selling them. If your product or service doesn't work, then that's the bit you should worry about, right? Yeah, and if you, for example, if you're selling your um, abilities for your agency to help solve problems for clients that you have done so many times, you absolutely know cold you can help them, then there's no objection there. And then the sales thing and being good at persuading people is not a problem, right? So I think I just want to flag that up because I come across that quite a lot and and, um, and in myself as well, I have to fight this thing, even though I've done quite a lot of sales and compared to most people are comfortable with it. I just think you have to differentiate between being great at selling and selling the wrong thing. And Jordan Belfort's an absolutely, like the most crass example ever of yeah. the difference between the two, right? I mean, and there's another yeah, thing. Amazing. The thing that you were saying about people not wanting to do cold calls anymore and not not phoning people. One of my mentors mm. uh, who made a big impact on me, one of the stories he shares is all, all is like about Barry, about Vanderchuk. So pretty much everyone knows Gary Vanderchuk and he's yeah. the social media marketing guy. And yeah. he has an entire floor in his building dedicated to calling. So, yeah. you know, that he's, got an, entire, hint, he's yeah. got an entire phone team and he's dealing, doing deals with Coca-Cola for millions of dollars and all this kind of stuff, or hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars. So everyone is doing it. It's kind of a, it's easy to sell. You don't need to do calling anymore because calling is the scariest part. It's the bit that yeah. gives the most fear, the most shame when it goes wrong. Nobody wants to mm. get be rejected over and over again. I mean, People make it careers out of being rejected over and over again if you like doing cold calling. Like if you're an SDR, you just yeah. set appointments and it's paid well because people hate it. For sure. And what you're saying also, I think it's important to flag up as well, is that if, if people are thinking, oh God, I, I don't want to do a bunch of cold calling. I mean, if there are people out there who've been doing it for 10 years and have top, you know chops of iron for this and will do it on commission only, I mean, yes, you've got to adjust the script and they can probably give you feedback if they're expert at this stuff. But in the end, you can hire that expertise, right? And for if sure. it's so effective... And it's commission only then that's a win-win for sure yeah, you just have to have an offer that's going to work for that so actually i want to experiment with that we're going to put out another uh, ad for uh, sdr next week not for amazon but for some other stuff we're doing mm. just to just to test it and have some fun with it because i you know i believe that part of our future sales system is going to be cold calling because it's so powerful a powerful way to connect with people 
Wow, how interesting. Uh, it's, it's, it, this is not where I'd have expected any sales conversation to go in 2020 on a sales conversation, but conversation about mm. sales, I mean. How interesting. So just to sort of wrap this up then, so just two things that you've got. One you've got coming up in the future and one is an offer that is available now, as I understand. So what's coming up, just to recap, you've got a sales automation system like a CRM for leads, but fully automated messaging, emails, text, Facebook Messenger. That sounds like you know the, the version of what you're talking about on steroids. But before that, you've got a digital agency offer at massconversionmarketing.com. By the way, that's sort of shades of Frank Kern. I love it. So tell me, tell us a little bit more about that and who it's for and, and how people can get in touch if they want to. So, I mean, this is actually, this isn't an offer. This isn't an offer that's that's up anywhere okay. because I've only been doing this with a select few agency owners who I know who okay. come to me. Right. I don't know yet whether we're going to go public with this offer or not, but I'm having a lot of fun mm. doing it. Maybe we will. But what it is, is basically a done with you sales system. So taking your average sale for your agency from whatever you are now, usually month to month, five to 10K to 50 to 100K. So selling longer programs, putting in the system, the triage system that we just talked about, and uh, basically done with you. So that at the end of it, you understand how this works. We've, we've done a pitches together. We've got your pitch. We've got all your scripts. And that you have a functional sales system that you can go away and teach somebody else to do for you, for your business. So it's not like I'm coming in and I'm doing sales for you. It is very much someone else doing the work. But at the end of it, you'll took it took, you know, basically be able to do what it took me over a year, year and a half of messing around in my agency before we really hit it hit what sales actually is and how it works because we were too also concentrating on the operations, letting warmly referrals come in, and it sucked. Uh, no, just for me, it sucked anyway, because we were mildly profitable and I was very stressed. <laughs> You've just put in an S is what a lot of us experience, I think, are mildly profitable and very stressed. <laughs> I guess you're going to go from mildly well profitable to, to, to very stressed from wildly profitable and mildly stressed would be quite a, quite a, an upside, wouldn't it, compared to that? Mm -hmm. And by the way, that's such a British sounding pitch. <laughs> mildly stressed and wildly profitable. <laughs> in other words, so what are you offering people here? You say you're, you're not actually, there's not actually a public offer. Is there, a, should people consider getting in touch with you? So drop you an email. Yeah, so people should drop me an email, okay. which is John at massconversionmarketing.com and basically we'll jump on a call see if it's see if it would work for you and <laughs> yeah, I will pitch, i'll talk to you about it and we'll see if it's right um it's not going to be the same kind of pitch i've got no deck for it it's going to be yeah. a basically us talking about it seeing if it would fit your business seeing what you're currently doing seeing if you're doing enough revenue because you know the mo we can do the best if you're doing 20 to 50k already a month in revenue because we just need to pull yeah. a few levers and suddenly you'll be you can double your revenue just by mm. signing up your next clients on 12-month deals yeah, and really pricing absolutely. it right because lots of people are pricing too low. So we just pull a few of those levers and make more money, which is most exciting for me. And I like to see immediate ROI for clients because it's more fun and yeah, more fun that way, isn't it? Absolutely. And the nice thing about selling sales is another business coach of mine used to put it, uh, it's selling money at a discount. And, and you know, the more mm. you can get an ROI and a quick one, then the easier it is for your sales, your um, client to justify the sale. So weirdly enough, you can sell uh, a sales system to people for more money than other things and people can justify it more easily and make the sale more easily as well. So fingers crossed that works out for you. So there is a website that people can check out, by the way. It's not so behind closed doors that nobody can see it. It's massconversionmarketing.com, which I've had a look mm -hmm. at. So um, people can have a butcher's at that. And uh, oh, I was just thinking like this, that means a butcher's hook, a look, by the way, for America's listening. Apparently... 
Oh, really? I didn't even know. I never knew that it meant that. I, I've, I've heard have a butcher's a million times. Cockney rhyming slang, butcher's hook, look, like a whistling flute suit. Anyway, um, so for the Americans listening, we'll, we'll stop speaking British jargon and, and bring it back home here. So first of all, this is fascinating stuff. I, I think it's very interesting to talk through sales because in the end, we're all in business of sales one way or the other. But as soon as you go outside the business to consumer physical widget selling thing, then you're in the business of sales where gasp, you might need to speak to a human being. And uh, it's very interesting to come back to that old school and yet powerful set of skills that's been around for decades. And in the end, I have to say, I trust things that are maybe digitized, maybe systematized version of proven over decades, even centuries, human interactions, because I think that's more likely to last into the future as opposed to the latest sort of hacks, which Mm. can disappear in about three months. So hopefully this is going to be really evergreen content, which is great because (laughs) creating a lot of content here, it's lovely to think it will be of value in the future. So John, really great stuff. Thank you very, very much for coming on the show. Well, thanks for having me again, Michael. Thanks so much for listening to the 10K Collective podcast, part of the family of amazing FBA podcasts. Today's episode is sponsored by the new e-commerce podcast, The E-Commerce Leader. The podcast is hosted by yours truly and Jason Miles, multi-million dollar Shopify owner and Unimi's highest rated e-commerce instructor. If you're the owner of a thriving online business and you want to become the best e-commerce leader you can be, it's got your name on it. For free guides and mini courses on many topics, go to www.theecommerceleader.com.